Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 61 in which I'm addressing which fat is best for baking. As I'm recording this, we're the week after Thanksgiving and actually nearing the beginning of December in which a lot of people start with their baking and holiday treats for this time of year. However, I do want to say that this topic applies to any time you may want to do some baking. So today is the topic of which fat is best for baking. And then next week, I'll address the topic of what I'm calling alternative flours in the sense of I know a lot of people don't use wheat flour for their baking. They look for other substitutes. And I will address that in next week's episode. That'll be episode 62. So which fats are best for baking? Now, often people will look for a healthier fat. So when I say what's best for baking, fats have different roles when it comes to baking. And people want to find a healthier fat. Or in some cases, a healthier fat alternative. So in the 80s and 90s, and still today, some people use a fruit puree, like applesauce, as a fat substitute when it comes to baking. But I was never into that, as I was never into the low-fat usage in baking, mostly because I like to have the real thing. And I encourage people to go ahead and have the real thing in the sense of, Don't be afraid of fat. Use actual fat, but maybe find a healthier fat profile. Or here's the secret of everything that I always bring up. Have a smaller portion rather than cutting whatever baked good you are making into six pieces, cut into the eight or 12. And that helps with lots of things with baked goods. Now, back to the fats. I use real fat, so I don't make brownies with applesauce. I do make banana bread with bananas, but I still use the regular fat in there as well. So first thing I want to mention about fats is that there is no such thing as a low-fat fat. So this is a, a common misconception, and you may be laughing that I said that, But there are people that think that there is some type of fat that is lower in fat. So like low-fat butter or low-fat margarine, that's not a thing considering by definition, those things are virtually 100% fat. Now, all fats are in the range of 100 to 120 calories per per tablespoon. So 100 to 120 calories per tablespoon. And as I said already, 100% fat. So why is there a range of 100 to 120 calories per tablespoon? Well, that difference could be water content, such as butter. Butter still has a little bit of water. Or even a small amount of air. If you have like a whipped butter, then you're going to have some air in there and one tablespoon will have fewer calories in it overall because the volume will be less overall. 
So depending on the type of fat though, whether it's plant or animal based, that may be important to somebody who is vegetarian or vegan. So someone who's vegan may not want to use butter or a vegetarian may not want to use lard. But plant-based does not equal healthier. As I've done um, a post about coconut oil, and so I'll provide a link in the show notes about my post about coconut oil. That is obviously a plant-based fat. However, it is the most saturated fat and one of the least healthy. Despite what a lot of people will argue and claim, yes, it is high in medium chain triglycerides, but it's not the same as the MCTs or medium chain triglyceride oils that are used in research. All right, so I won't keep going on coconut oil because I did a previous episode about that. Again, I'll link that in the show notes. Now in baking, solid fats like butter, shortening, and lard, they have their place and their role in baking. Because of the nature of these solid fats, their solid properties, they help with a nice layering or flaking of items of things like pie crust or pastries. When you have a pie crust or a pastry like a croissant where there's a lot of flaky layers, that's because of butter or another solid fat. And this is just something that oil cannot and will not be able to replicate the same way. It's part of the food science aspect of fats. So in some cases, if you change the type of fat from solid to liquid, in like I said, in these pastries, it'll change the texture of the end product and may barely modify the nutrient profile. So want to say it's not necessarily better and the overall total fat will be the same. So when it comes to making a pie crust or making a flaky pastry, I'll still use that solid fat. Now, I just want to clarify, and I've said it a few times already, that in this episode, I am addressing baked goods. So I'm not talking about using a fatter oil to cook eggs or saute vegetables, for example. So I'm going to throw out some numbers here. Not a whole lot of them, but just to give you an idea of the differences between the different types of fats. So with butter, one tablespoon is about 102 calories. So that's the lower calorie type of fat. Again, because I had mentioned earlier, it's got water in it. So if you melt butter, there will be a small layer of water in there. Now, a tablespoon of butter has 11 and a half grams of fat, most of which is saturated. So about seven grams is saturated and about three and a half grams are unsaturated. Mostly, I should say about three grams are monounsaturated. So those are the healthier fats. So again, butter, about 100 calories, with 11 and a half grams of fat and about seven and a half grams of saturated fat. 
So, of course, this is an animal-based fat. And if someone has a, da a dairy allergy, they may not be able to eat food made with butter. So while butter does have pretty much mostly fat, there's still, in, in a lot of cases, some protein in there that somebody could have a reaction to that dairy product that's in there. A small amount may not affect people, but just I throw that out there to make that point that it is, if somebody has a dairy allergy, they might not be able to have butter. So, and I'll tell you what, this is the fat that I use most often in baking. Butter is my go-to, and depending on what I'm baking, I'll get just a generic store brand butter, or I may go for a higher quality uh, butter, grass-fed butter, um, it just depends on what I'm making. Now, shortening. One tablespoon of shortening is 115 calories and nearly 13 grams of fat, which about five of those are saturated and about six of those grams are monounsaturated. So shortening is usually plant-based and made with vegetable oils. So that's why it tends to be about an even of the saturated and monounsaturated fat content. And shortening is made with the process of hydrogenation. And this is the type of fat we do want to minimize. So hydrogenated oils or partially hydrogenated oils, also known as PHOs for partially hydrogenated oils, we do want to minimize our use of this in everything, so not just shortening any other food that may have hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils in it. So we want to minimize this, though if shortening works best for the food that you are making, that baked good that you are making, is it's okay to use on occasion. Shortening can be used as a substitute for butter or for lard since it is a solid fat, but I don't consider it a healthier option and I don't usually recommend it. This is a fat that is often used in pie crust. It's cheaper than butter. And it's okay to use it in moderation, but I recommend that people use it rarely if they, if they use it at all. Now, lard. Some people may be surprised that I bring up lard, but where I live in the U.S., lard is a pretty common fat use, especially in some baking, especially seasonal baking. So one tablespoon of lard is 115 calories, about 13 grams of fat, five of which are saturated, and almost six of those are monounsaturated. So this is virtually the same profile as shortening, and it, it is an animal product. It is a pork-based product. So if someone eats animal products, get ready. I say I recommend this fat over shortening because it has a healthier fat profile than butter. And I will say it's not the same taste. I promise you that. But some people are just surprised. And I'm not going out and recommending people start using lard. I just bring it up that it's not as unhealthy as people may think it is. So those are the solid fats. Now, when it comes to the liquid fats, the oils, 
olive oil, canola oil, vegetable oil. These can be used in baking too, but again, I'll make a note that the texture of the food coming out may be very different. So an olive oil, one tablespoon is 119 calories and 13 and a half grams of fat, of which nearly 10 grams of that is monounsaturated fat, and about two grams is saturated. Now, olive oil is fine for baking, and people see light olive oil. That is not referring to the calories. That is referring to the taste and the color. So if you look at the label, it will probably say light tasting olive oil. And if you are baking with this, it depends on how much you're using. You can use regular dark olive oil, or you can use a light tasting olive oil. The fat profile is the same. And I've used olive oil in all kinds of things, and I've never noticed a difference in taste, whether it's dark or light. Now, canola oil is a pretty neutral tasting oil, and one tablespoon is 124 calories, 14 grams of fat, of which only one gram of that is saturated. Eight grams are monounsaturated, and the rest is polyunsaturated. I'll make a note in all these that I've been mentioning um, in the link in the show notes. If you go to the article for this, I list the saturated, the polyunsaturated, and the monounsaturated. I just haven't been saying them um, throughout this just because, you know, it, it gets to be a mouthful. So again, canola, 124 calories, 14 grams of fat, more than eight grams of that being monounsaturated. So one of the healthier fats. And then vegetable oil. One tablespoon of vegetable oil is about 120 calories, pretty close to that 14 grams of fat, one gram saturated, and only three grams monounsaturated. So when we go for a vegetable oil, which can be a blend of soybean oil or corn oil, and maybe even safflower oil, you'll have to look at the label. Um, it's, It's a decent fat. It's mostly polyunsaturated fat. And there's nothing wrong with polyunsaturated fat. That's one of the good ones as well. It just doesn't tend to be high in the monounsaturated fats. So again, the difference between olive oil, canola oil, and vegetable oil is minimal when it comes to flavor. The cost may be the biggest thing there. If you're going to be using a lot of oil, you might just consider the cost. Now, I also say, don't forget, I said it a couple times already, don't forget when baking that texture of the end product may come out differently if you swap out butter or shortening or lard for a liquid oil. And the overall fat content usually won't change, but the type of fat is going to change, but the overall calories isn't going to change. I mean, between these that I've listed, between 100 and 120 calories per tablespoons, as as I've noted. So when it comes to saying you want to use a healthier fat, consider what your goal is. Is it because you are trying to use less fat overall? Well, then cut back on the serving size, as I mentioned. Consider how often you're having this food. 
Consider how much fat you're using overall. I tell people, if you're a one or two person household and you're buying your oil at Costco and using it up before it goes rancid, you're probably using too much fat or oil unless you own a restaurant. I mean, I buy the smallest bottles of oil and I still have the hardest, smallest bottles of oil. They don't come in many versions and I still end up getting rid of them because they tend to go rancid before I can go through it all. I do keep it in the fridge in some cases, like not just my butter, but even my canola oil and olive oil in between times. But again, if you're using so much, you're buying it at Costco. And yes, I'm making a judgment here. You really might want to consider cutting back on how much overall fat you're using. Fat is fine. Fat is healthy. Fat is important. Added fats and added solid fats, including coconut oil, should not be used up that fast if you're using that much. Now, I do want to make note of this, acknowledge this. I say this every year. In the month of December, I use more sugar, flour, and fat in this final month than the other 11 months combined because I like to bake. I go through a lot of butter, I go through a lot of flour, I go through a lot of sugar, and I don't use it that much the rest of the year. I use it, I don't use as much, and I don't use it in the quantities I do in this one month of the year. So I don't get all worried about using butter or lard or shortening, and I don't ever stock up on applesauce as a fat substitute. I'd love to hear what your favorite foods you like to make for the holidays are. In my house, every single year, I make fudge, but I also make all kinds of other baked goods. But the fudge is the one thing, hands down, is made every single year. Because that's real world nutrition. I enjoy the foods without looking for ways to cut back on the sugar and the fat and the things that people perceive as bad. Because eating is not cheating. And I will make my final plug for, and it may not be the final plug, but the plug for the Eating Is Not Cheating webinar coming up in that first week of December offered at three different days and times. The webinar Eating Is Not Cheating and how to address guilt about the foods we eat and get past that so we can enjoy the foods we love. Look for that in the show notes as well as at eatingisnotcheating.com. You all take care. Bye for now.